Thanks. All right, how are we doing tonight? Good? All right, you have no idea how much grief I take behind the scenes um, about whether I'm going to stick within the time frame. Um, so this is hopefully my opportunity to stick it to the man here, and I'm going to be um, within the time frame, even though I don't have a clock. There's no clock. So um, real quick, I want to just talk about uh, the big picture of tonight. We always pick a theme for these, and then uh, we wanted this to be somewhat low-key, like no frills, and just um, have extended time with your teams tonight. So I'm going to talk for a minute, and then that's what we're going to do. We're going to tell you where to go, but where you have uh, a bunch of time with your teams or the teams that you're investigating being a part of or whatever it is. So um, before I get there, how many of you are uh, NBA basketball fans? All right, so I can't, all right, a few. I can't help it because this is NBA Finals um, season that is starting tonight, so we need to wrap this up and get home. Um, but back in the day, um, this is the best example I could think of, so I alienated like 75% of the room. But back in the day, Oklahoma City Thunder um, had an unbelievable killer lineup. Like if you know anything about basketball, they had Wessel, Russell Westbrook on the team, who I think is um, two straight seasons averaging a triple-double, right? Isn't that true? Um, James Harden, the beard in his younger days, was a part of that team. Um, Kevin Durant was a part of that team, who's now on the Warriors. They're in the NBA Finals tonight. Unbelievable talent on that team. They got to the Finals once and lost in five games. Um, but one of the huge differences, and this is just my opinion, but um, was the lack of team. Like, they had unbelievable individual talents, but in terms of, like, creating synergy on one team, it just wasn't there and they never really maximized their potential. Now they've got three or had three of the best players in the league all over the place. And I say all that to say this, the theme for tonight is better together. The theme of what we're heading into Sunday is better together. Um, as this is an historic Sunday for our church, as Horizon Christian Church becomes a part of Centerpoint, um, as we've said, under the banner of Jesus. But that whole better together theme um, is so unbelievably important across the board, and it's specifically important with this group of people in this room. And I just, I just want to ask you this question. I know we talk about this a lot. I know we, we, we pose these theoretical questions a lot, but it just always keeps me kind of focused. But like, just imagine as we head into a new season and a new chapter in the story of our church, that, that in this next season that we really could experience a move of God in our city that poured out um, out of our church, into our city, into our community, and literally began to change things. Like what if we talk about this 60,000 number all the time, what if in this next season of life of our church, not like not, this is not hyperbole, but like we could literally hammer a dent in that 60,000 number of unchurched, unreached, or de-churched within a few mile radius of us. Like, like what, if, what if in this next season there was a dramatic shift and what happened in some of our neighborhoods, and people kept coming back to, to the name of this gathering and this movement that was having such an extraordinary impact. Like, you were known. Like, and ultimately, Jesus was known. Like, what if in this next season for our gathering, we had incredible influence beyond what we can imagine? What if we began through our partner organizations to help them even better handle the social issues in our community because of our volunteer hours, because of the money that we're sending 
their way? Like what if literally in this next season, and I don't just mean the next six months, but maybe in the next five or 10 year run of our church, what if we really saw a story written in our neighborhoods and in our city and we were a massive part of that story? Like what if, what if that was possible? What if that happened through us? And the bottom line is, you know this, if you know me and you've been around this gathering for very long, we believe that's possible. Like we believe that we could be a part of that. We believe that God could do something beyond what we can imagine through us. And even over these last couple years, over and over again, I think he's given indicators of that. But, but here's why I wanted to pose all of those questions that we pose often, is because we believe that's possible, but it really is contingent on the people who are in this room. Like you will literally set the pace for what our church is known for in this next season of our church. Here's how I said it in my notes, that the health and the quality of our teams will determine the ceiling of our potential. The health and the quality of our teams will determine the ceiling of our potential and all that God wants to do through us. And listen, yes, at the end of the day, God does it. Yes, at the end of the day, it's his spirit. But we have been called on mission to cooperate with what his spirit is doing. And so we have a role to play that literally invites the movement and the power of God into our churches and into our neighborhoods and into our cities. So all of that really comes down to just this, and then I'm going to give you a couple things and be done. This idea that we talk about a lot, the health and quality of our teams will be determined by serving others with others. Serving others with others. Serving others with others. And here's what I mean by that. That's different than just serving. Serving sometimes can just be white-knuckled, I need to endure and get through this. Serving can very much become a routine Serving can become passionless. Serving can be something, especially within the context of the local church, where it doesn't seem like there's any move of God. It just seems like I'm just doing something. I'm just performing a task. But really, what you see throughout the New Testament, where it talks about the church is a body, it talks about 59 times in the New Testament, one another. The whole movement of Jesus is, I want you to one another, one another. It talks about John 17, that Jesus' final prayer is, I want you to be unified around my mission. And so serving others with others is really what Better Together talks about is, this has got to be a team centered around a mission. And it is different than what some of you have experienced in the past, where you've served a nonprofit or you've served another local church. Serving is one thing. Serving others with others and having that kind of mindset, that changes everything. So here's a couple things. But here's what I mean by that. Just I'll give you four things really quick. And, and I'll just say this. Here's the enemy to this. Um, I think it was Barner Research several years ago said that the number one goal for people in the West is ultimate independence. Independence financially, independence in terms of relationships, just autonomy in every area of, of their life where we have this desire in us that honestly I think was rooted in the Garden of Eden where we just want to do our thing. We want to be independent. We want to be self-sufficient. And you just need to know that is an enemy to your calling. That, that is an enemy to, to us as a church with what God's called us to. We have been designed to be interdependent around the mission of Jesus and serving together for his glory. So here's four things, and then I'll, I'll make this really quick. Number one, we know this, but I just want to state it every time we're together. The number one thing that's going to determine us really serving others with others is to stay focused on the mission and strategy. That always creates synergy. It always leads us to a place where we becomes greater than me. 
And our mission, most of you know it, it's to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what we're all about. That's Matthew 28. And our strategy to help us accomplish that is this, to tear away every unnecessary, what's the word? Barrier to people connecting with Jesus. So just real practical, I think just some of the ways that helps us with this. Come into your huddles and realize that those are a major part of you equipping and being ready as you go in to serve to, to just regain that mission focus. Constantly share stories about what God's doing on your teams and how you are seeing God at work. I think the other thing practically is there cannot be any, any ministry silos. We are about one mission and it's under one banner. And so we don't compete for, for volunteers we don't compete for resources. This is not our thing. It, when we stay mission focused, it means I'm going to look at you regardless of where you serve. And my mindset is I need you to flourish. I need you to really be at the top of your game. Because when all of us are doing this, the mission and the message of Jesus is advanced. I think it really comes down to this question. This is a great question for marriage. This is a great question in churches. How can I help? How can I help you? How can I serve you? Doesn't matter if you're on my team or not. Doesn't matter if you're in a different section or different lane or not. How can I help you? Because this is about the mission. This is about I'm going to do anything necessary to help us tear away unnecessary barriers to the gospel. And then the second thing is this. Have fun by pursuing friendships on your team. Gallup poll said this, people who serve or work with friends are 96% more likely to be extremely satisfied with their life. Now, let's just be straight about this. Um, there's going to be crazy people on your team, <laughs> right? You don't have to be best friends with everybody. You're not going to connect with everybody. But, but you need to go out of your way to, I, I want to, I'm not going to wait, and this is the essence of the gospel, I'm not going to wait for you to come to me, I'm going to go to you. I'm, I'm going to recognize that serving alongside of you, like this is a relational thing. And so I think just practically, you being here tonight, this is probably about a fourth of all of our bridge builders, but the fact that you made it a priority is a huge deal. Attend these nights. It helps develop relationships as much as it does helping you in terms of doing or performing your role. Um, First Impressions had a breakfast recently where they just celebrated their bridge builders and just had a great time and had fun. Make those things a priority. Take time for people on your team. Justin mentioned this the other day to our staff is we all get focused on something's got to get done. That There's a goal that I'm kind of, uh, you know, all of my intention is going in that direction. But don't ever let that keep you from just being attentive to people. And so have fun by creating friendships on your team. And, and really that happens by you just got to step out and, and be a part of things. You got to be at nights like this. You got to be available. If you're one of those people, can I just say this, not my nose, and, and you're kind of like, I just can't get connected with, with anybody, usually that's you. Usually that's your problem. And I'm not saying that to be offensive. You just need to put yourself out there a little bit. You're going to tell me among like 800 people you can't find a friend? And then the last, I mean for this to be encouraging, so I feel like I'm going off a different track. Have fun by pursuing friendships on your team. And then the number of three things, this is my last thing, fight for unity. Sticking with our NBA Finals theme, to quote Pat Riley, um, with the Miami Heat, his whole idea, commitment to the team, he just says this, there's no such thing as in between. You're either in or you're out. 
And here's what I mean by that, because that sounds harsh, but here's what I mean in terms of fighting for unity, is that you're going to have a problem with somebody along the way. As we promise all the time, you're going to be offended and you're going to offend somebody else. Things are going to happen. All of us are broken people. Things are not going to meet your expectations all the time. Something's going to go flying out of control during a service. Something's going to react. Someone's going to react to you and generally it has nothing to do with you. It's three layers down from something they're bringing in the door. But that stuff is just going to happen. And this whole idea of I'm either in or out means when those things happen, I am rooted in this mindset of I'm in, which means we need to get this right because we're family. And I'm not just going to back out on this. I'm not going to go the other direction. I'm going to fight for unity in our relationship. And I'm going to fight for unity in this house and in this gathering as a part of this body, as a part of this family. So it just means, to quote Andy Stanley, go to ridiculous lengths to believe the best and trust first before you're suspicious. Just do what Jesus said. I I want you, this is Jesus' words, I want you to do unto the others the way you would want them to do unto you. And every single one of us in this room, I don't even need to know you, that's what you want other people to do for you. And so let's go to ridiculous lengths of we're going to trust In this next season, no matter how many friends you have, no matter how mission-focused you are, no matter how much fun you're having, something's going to go off the rails at some point. Somebody's going to do something at some point. Somebody's not going to come through the way you expected at some point. And so we Matthew 18 that. We go, if we can't trust, then we go and have a conversation so we can restore that trust. We We handle it in the right kind of way. And we just recognize that it's actually one of the things that God uses to grow and develop our faith. And so don't just be a person who kind of, who keeps the peace. Go Matthew 5, Sermon on the Mount of be a, Jesus says it this way, is, is I want you literally, my paraphrase, I want you to make peace. I want you to be a peacemaker. I want you to fight for this because we're family. And so last thing, I just want to leave you with this. Teamwork is the fuel that allows common people like us to attain uncommon results. The only reason I'm here and doing what I'm doing, and I think for a lot of you, the only reason you're here is we really do believe that that God, for whatever reason, by his grace, has something really special for us. And he's using us in an extraordinary way to literally reach people nobody else is reaching in this city. And this is a new season and a new opportunity and a new open door. Um, And God has the potential to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine. But But here's the thing. That whole idea of teamwork from a Jesus perspective, that is also an invitation for the Spirit of God and His power to come in and do something that's way beyond what we can imagine. Because when we sync up with Philippians 2, with what Jesus said is the essence of His character, to go, you know what, we're not going to be about us in terms of individual. We're going to be about us corporately. We're going to lay down us for the sake of others. We're going to sacrifice for the sake of the bigger mission that literally... You see in scripture that that is an invitation to the spirit of God to come in and do what he wouldn't do otherwise. And he's always with us. But I'm telling you, where you see God moving in incredible ways in communities and neighborhoods and churches, it's because they have linked up with the rhythm of what God is doing. And they have decided to follow his posture in terms of giving themselves. And it is an invitation for God to show up and do extraordinary things. I'm just going to end with this. Paul says it this way. My last, last couple words. I just want to read these verses. So then, 
You are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. We are a house, and we are built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, and in whom the whole structure being joined together grows, because this is a growing movement, into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by his spirit, the same spirit that raised Christ from the grave. Would you guys just stand with me and just pray? Jesus, we just thank you so much for your example. We thank you for the complicated theological idea of the Trinity, but this God in three persons yet in perfect unity not competing for position. We thank you for the example of Jesus that was so powerfully laid out in Philippians 2 that, that the God of the universe came to earth, literally condescended to come to earth and, and willfully give up all of his divine attributes, pour them all out in order to, Lord, create a way that we could have relationship and unity with him. And Lord, we... We want to follow the example of Jesus. Lord, we want to follow the example of John the Baptist when he said the words, I want to decrease and I want you to increase. And Lord, I just pray that as we move in to this new season that better together would not be a theme. It would not simply be a slogan or a cliche that, that literally it would be a driving heartbeat for our church that is propelled by the gospel of we are better together. We are a part of a global movement. And we have been given the baton of that movement in our community in this generation. And we have a little window of time. And what we're doing, it matters. What we're doing is altering and changing people's eternities forever. What we are doing is going to be the most significant thing we do with our breath until Jesus takes us home. And so, God, I pray that we would recognize that with all of the baggage that the church comes with, with all the hurt that we've experienced, with all the crap that's been associated with it, I pray that, Lord, we would be able to somehow filter through that and see that this is your bride. This is your movement. This is your plan A. And these people in this room are the people who have willfully chosen to put themselves on the front lines. And so I pray that you would, Lord, just give them your power. I pray that your spirit would move through them. I pray that you would give them focus. I pray that you would give them energy. I pray that many of us would link arms to be in this for the long haul. And that maybe we'd look back in a few years. And Lord, we would be absolutely astonished and amazed because we know how incapable you are, but we would be astonished at how incapable we are and what you are able to do through us, that we would, we would look back and literally see a movement of God that, that is spurned from this place and from these people who are on mission serving others with others. So God, do your thing, and uh, we thank you for the opportunity to be a part of it. In Jesus' name, amen.